When we read the Christian scriptures, we believe we're doing more than simply studying an ancient text. We believe God actually speaks to us through these words. So let's take a moment of silence to clear our minds and quiet our hearts so we can listen to God's word. Our reading today comes from the fourth story of Jesus' life, the Gospel of John. A certain man, Lazarus, was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This was the Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was ill. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, saying, Lord, the one whom you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, This illness isn't fatal. It's for the glory of God, so that God's Son can be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. When he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was. After two days, he said to his disciples, let's return, let's return to Judea again. The disciples replied, Rabbi, the Jewish opposition wants to stone you, but you want to go back? He continued, Our friend Lazarus is sleeping, but I am going to order to wake him up, going in order to wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will get well. They thought Jesus meant that Lazarus was in a deep sleep, but Jesus had spoken about Lazarus' death. Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. For your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there so that you can believe. Let's go to him. Is Emmanuel, uh, as Angie mentioned earlier, uh, it's been a joy and a pleasure to be friends, a friend, a friend of Nova Church. So I'm glad to be here with you guys. Her name was Janice, and she was applying for a job after getting her master's degree. The position she was looking for, the position she was applying for, was an HR business. Uh, which, if you are in the office or into the office, it's the most hated position by Michael Scott, just in case you're wondering about that. <laughs> Applying for that position. And so she applied and applied, got a resume out there, uh, references out there, made calls, and finally she received an email back from a certain business that she heard positive things about, saying they wanted her to come in for an interview. The morning of the interview, she got up early, from the excitement, from the joy of potentially going to interview and getting a new job. And she's checking her emails before she heads in, and she receives an email that has do not reply on it, which y'all seen those, right? You can't do anything about that. You can't respond back. Do not reply from the company that she was applying at. An email basically said, at this time, we were going to first uh, forego our applications, and we thank you for applying. The best of luck. So here she was, frustrated, angry. She had prayed. She worked hard. She really wanted a job. She really needed a job. But no luck. No luck. We're going through a series right now on the Sabbath, the idea of rest. And the Sabbath is a gift that God has given us because we're not infinite. In fact, even God himself takes the Sabbath. We hear in Genesis 1 where after making the world, God says, enough. God knows when to quit working and to enjoy what he has done. But here's the thing about God, though, that baffles me. Have y'all noticed 
in your life, I have in my life, that God doesn't always move at our pace. Right? You pray for something. You ask for something. And it's something really, really good. It's not even selfish. It's like, Lord, I want you to heal my, my mom, my friend. Uh, my coworker needs this. And nothing. Right? God seems to move sometimes at his own pace. What's up with that, God? Why that? Why do you seem as if you're not hurried? You're not rushing as if you don't care about this particular thing. In our passage, we discover a story. It's a very famous story. And here's Jesus. He's in an area called Bethany, which is by the Jordan River, where he was once baptized. They're with his friends, his followers, disciples, and they're hanging out, doing whatever it is they're doing. Maybe he's preaching or teaching. And he gets a message that a friend of yours, someone you know dearly, is sick. And they're so sick. How sick is he? He's so sick that he's going to die very soon. But we know, Jesus, you have the power to do miracles. In fact, we've seen it. You've cured people. You've healed people. You've raised a girl from the dead. Can you come and heal your dear friend? Now, I don't know about you. If I hear that, my first reaction is, I'm on my way. If I got a text right now, which I wouldn't check my phone right now, but if I got a text right now saying to my wife, hey, we're in trouble. Come help us. Guess what I'm doing? Dave, take over. I'm gone. But here's Jesus. Doesn't do anything. Says where he's at. He could even say something. Yo, Lazarus, I know you're miles and miles away, but because I'm God, I can heal you from a distance. He's done, done that before. But nothing. Why? Why is God worried? As if he doesn't care about what we're going through. The answer is, because God is slow. God is slow. Throughout Scripture, we see God uh, making a promise, but it takes years, sometimes decades, for that promise to take place or to be fulfilled. So think about Abraham. God tells him, hey, I'm going to give you a child. You're old right now, but you'll be even older, but you'll eventually have a child. And 25 years later, he's a kid. Joseph has dreams about his brothers bowing down before him. 15 years later, it's when it takes place. Moses, leading Israel to the promised land. Uh, he never gets there himself, but 40 years of being in the desert. David, anointed king, 15 years before he becomes king. The, the apostle Paul encounters Christ, and God calls him to do some great things 12 years before his first trip. How about Jesus himself, son of God? 30 years before doing anything great. God seems to be slow. God is not hurried by anything. And it kind of makes sense, right? I mean, if you are infinite, if time is not a problem for you, do you rush? Do you need to rush? My wife jokes with me and says, you either go under the speed limit or over the speed limit, which might be true. But when I'm not speeding at all, there's no rush to get anywhere. 
If I'm 20 minutes early to an appointment, take my sweet time. I'll be the guy on the left lane going five miles under speed limit, and you're getting mad at me. Right? That's me. Why? Because time is not a factor. And so if God is infinite, he's not hurried because it doesn't need to be. But I think more importantly, God is slow because of his love. Because of love. In verse 3, we read this. The sisters sent word to Jesus saying, Lord, check, check, check this out. The one whom you love. The one whom you love. In verse 5, we read that Jesus loved, loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. It's clear that Christ loved these people. There's some scholars who will say that the beloved disciple is not John, rather it's Lazarus. So Christ loved this family. And yet, doesn't rush. So I would say God is slow to show his love. We know that because when he gets to the tomb eventually, he does a rare thing that we would imagine the infinite God to do. He weeps. He weeps. Because he loved them, because he cared for them, he had compassion for them. If you're in here, you're praying for something, you're expecting something, something really good for God to do in your life, to do in someone's life they, that you know. And God's not answering your prayers. God isn't moving. God seems to be slow. Well, he's slow because he loves you. He simply loves you. And in his love, he wants you to see how magnificent, how extraordinary he is. In verses 4 and verse 15, we're told that he doesn't go for the sake of the disciples. In verse 4, he says basically uh, this in verse 4. This illness isn't fatal. It's for the glory of God so that God's son may be glorified through it. God's glory is essentially God's love manifested in power. So Jesus does not go to see Lazarus for the sake of his followers that they may see God's glory and God's love manifested. So you're in here. God's not answering your prayers because he loves you. Because he cares for you. And he hopes that through his slowness, you will see his love, which is kind of a paradox. The Lord seems unhurried because he desires that his love be manifested, be shown, be revealed in our lives and through our lives. We live in the world that tells us, that encourages us, that uh, pushes us to hurry, to speed up. And I would say everything in our society today, in our Western society, is all about that. Right? It drives me nuts if I go to a restaurant and it takes me an hour to get my food. That's not normal. 
I'm upset if the microwave isn't working at home and I want quick food. I don't want to drive an hour to see someone for a five-minute appointment. Because time is important. And so we're told to hurry, to, to, to go, 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 be busy, busy, busy. And you wonder, we wonder why anxiety, depression, stress is high. Because we are encouraged to go, to go, to rush. But it seems like our God is slow, the opposite of that. And when he's slow, he is showing us his love, his compassion. So if we want to be about following Jesus, going where he is going, it might be important for us to also be slow. Because when we are slow, God's love is shown. When we slow down in our lives, God's love is shown. You say, okay, how does that happen? What if, for instance, you said, you know what? I'm going to take a break from work. I'm going to slow down from doing this activity and be crazy and be radical in our culture. And trust that God is enough, that God will provide in my slowness. Well, people are going to wonder about that, are they not? And see that you're trusting in someone or something greater than yourself. And through that, they will see God provide for you in his love, in his grace. So can we be people who follow after Jesus and choose to be slow, to be unhurried. Now, how can we slow down? How can we be unhurried? I would say one way is gratitude. Gratitude. Every once in a while, uh, my coworkers and I will complain about what we do. And when I'm in the middle of my complaint, a thought comes to mind almost every single time. The thought says this, Emmanuel, from the Congo, you could have been dead when you were born. You could have been dead when you were four years old. You could have been dead when you were seven years old. And look where God has brought you. There are people today who love, who would dream to do what you do. Be grateful. Gratitude. Can we stop and say, I will look at my life and be thankful for the little, for the much, or in between that God has given me, that I have in my life? How do we slow down? Number two, make a decision to say that, God, you are enough, you are powerful, you are great enough to provide what I need. Even if it means doing the opposite of what I want to do. I heard a scholar recently said, the fall happened when the first two humans said, we don't trust God to be enough. We want to take charge of our lives. And every story since then is about humans who will choose to trust that God is enough. Can we say, God, you are enough to provide? How do we slow down? 
Say enough's enough to work. Enough's enough to work. Right? And I'm guilty of this. I work and I work and I work and I work. And then I crash and it's terrible for everyone around me. But can we say, I'll take a day. I'll take a season. I'll take an hour to put it away. In the midst of the stress and the craziness, and rest. How do we slow down? Accept God's love for us. That God loves us enough to risk his own life for us. In verse 8, I find it interesting that eventually Christ says, hey, disciples, let's go see Lazarus. In verse 8, there's a comment there. Christ goes back to Jerusalem, the very place where people were trying to kill him. But he risked going there because of his love for Lazarus. Can we say, the Lord, I'm going to say enough's enough. I'm going to trust you because I know you love me enough to risk it all for me. God's love is shown when we slow down. So here's Janice looking for a job, has applied, has prayed. People have prayed for her to get a job. An opportunity came up. Nothing. Later that day, she receives a call that her mom had a terrible injury. And so being the only child, she spent three months back at home helping her mom, being with her mom, loving on her mom. Now, has she gotten a job? That wouldn't have been a thing. Right? You don't start a job and say, hey guys, give me three months at the start of my job and I'll come back. It wouldn't have happened. She goes and cares for her mom. And eventually, she got the job that she wanted. There's an old saying that basically goes like this. God is never in a hurry, but he's always on time. God is never in a hurry, but he is always on time. So while God may seem slow, while God may seem as if he doesn't care about what we're going through, not answering our prayers, his slowness, because he loves us. And eventually we'll see his love manifested at just the right moment. Let's pray. Lord, I'm reminded of what Paul says in Galatians, that at just the right time, at the right moment, Christ came and died on our behalf. Lord, we live in a culture, we live in a place, in a society that has taught us to hurry, to rush. Lord, help us to be different. As those who follow you, as those who are about what you do, teach us, help us, remind us to slow down. And in so doing, reflect your love towards us. Where we fail, forgive us and grant us mercy. 
All this we pray for your name and glory. Amen.